Wasn't that a blessing? Can't get any, just can't get any better than that, can you? That old song. John Newton lived a wicked life, and uh, he got saved and wrote that song. Very appropriate. John chapter thirteen tonight, and uh, we preached this this morning, read it this morning. Let's just look at it, understanding this is the last hours of the Lord Jesus Christ before. He goes to the cross. He's spending this intimate time with his disciples. These are the men that's going to turn the world upside down for him and for the ministry of the Lord after his departure. About all of them suffers a martyr's death. And so he's speaking to them just hours before he's taken into custody by the Roman army. After he had been betrayed by, as we read this passage, Judas is still there. And he makes mention of Judas here in just a moment. But let's look. The Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 13, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. Now I want to just stop a moment Because the Bible says here in verse 3, Jesus knowing, knowing that he is God in the flesh, knowing what is getting ready to befall him, knowing that he is going to raise from the dead, knowing that he is God himself. That's why the Bible says Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things in his hands. That's what's amazing that he knew this and yet he still does what he does in verse 4. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towels wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. He's speaking of his death. His resurrection. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. Now he's speaking about the spiritual standing. He's not just talking about a physical foot washing here, although I believe the major interpretation of this is the Lord Jesus is implementing a principle. The Bible says in verse 11, For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? They all knew. This is something that someone was a hired servant would do. Certainly not the king of kings, the God of all gods, the God man, certainly not him. But notice how he answers this. You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. 
So he agrees. He admits. He is the Lord. He is their master. The Bible says, If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Now, this is our theme for the year. This is an ongoing life. This is a process. This doesn't happen overnight. This is the journey of the Christian life. This is all of our goals. This is why we try to live the Christian life. We yield our life to the Lord because we want to be conformed to the image of His Son. We're called Christians and so we want to be like Christ. Now look, we all fail. I'm the first to tell you that I fail. So I'm not standing here tonight in a place of perfection saying to you that I have reached. People that know me closest to me know that I've not reached this. There have been times that I have been more conformed to the image of a son than other times. Same with you. That's the Christian life. But if we're going to talk about being conformed to the image of his son, the Lord Jesus, before he leaves, before he goes to Calvary, He gives everyone an example of how he wants us, his disciples, to be. And this was the principle in the fact that he said, I want you to have some dirty towels. I want you to do what I did, even though I am master, even though I am the king of kings, even though that I am your master. I've showed you something that I want you to do unto others. And so if we want to be like Jesus, if we want to be conformed in one aspect of being conformed to the image of Christ, we are going to take this principle literal. And we're going to want to serve the Lord. We're going to want to be able to wash other people's feet. This is an act of servant. It's really servant leadership. He was a, he's the God of all gods, the king of all kings, yet he was their leader. They all knew it. So he did not sacrifice his position By being a servant. I believe that's what's beautiful about people that lead. Real leaders serve. Real leaders serve. They don't just tell people what to do. Leaders lead. You're not leading if you're walking and no one's behind you. No matter what title we've been given, no matter how authoritative we think we are, if we're living and we're leading and no one's following us, then we're not leading. So the Lord Jesus said, look, I want, to, I want to do something here for you to follow. I want you to have this mindset that I want you to wash one another's feet. I want you to serve one another. That's how you will extend my ministry as I go to heaven. Now look, I graduated from Crown College. There's other people here that graduated from Crown College. Every Crown College graduate gets a towel when they graduate. Now this towel is very clean because it just hangs in my office. The class of 2001, John 13, 12 through 17. And this is the symbol. They want you to come out of Bible college, not that you know everything. And by the way, I think when you go to Bible college, you ought to know a little bit more than what you come out. But if you go to a Bible college and you don't learn how to serve the Lord, then you've messed up somewhere. 
If we don't have a desire to roll up our sleeves and to serve people, someone says, well, I just don't get any, any joy out of that. Well, I, I said tonight, worship is loving the Lord. We ought to, everything we do should be out of the love for the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's just be practical. There are times, there are times in our life that yes, we must fall on duty. There are times that we don't always feel like it, but there's responsibility. There is also, not only we might not feel exactly like we want to do it at that moment, we know we will. If we let the Lord work in our hearts and lives and we love Him like we should love Him, that love will motivate us to serve. Now don't misunderstand me. I am not sitting here tonight, if you're going to be like Jesus, you're just going to be busy and you're just going to fill in a bunch of holes in the church and you're going to do stuff just because they need to be done. I beg you, I plead with you, your heart ought to be touched you ought to be doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to allow Him to work in your life and do it. And that should be the motive out of our love for the Lord. But I'm not going to lie to you. And I don't think anybody, if they're going to be honest, you say, well, Pastor, did you actually feel like going out there and getting on that bus this evening or this morning? I'd have to say, no, not always. Has there been times, be honest with you, have I even felt like I should be up here and preaching or even really, even in my own soul, heartbroken and struggling, should I be up here preaching? Well, well some people don't understand just because I'm preaching don't mean I, I don't need it either. But I want to say, I, I preach on this if this is the principle of one of the ways, one of the aspects that we can be like Jesus, because he said, I want you to be a servant, to have some dirty towels. Oh, we understand the custom today. I'm not asking anybody to wash feet. Now, and I'm not being ugly. I know there are churches that do that. I'm not going to criticize churches that do that. But that's not the principle that he's trying to teach here, because that was a culture thing. We walk around in cement, concrete, asphalt. We, we wear closed toes shoes most of the time. So when we walk in this people's house, we normally take our shoes off. But in this day, they didn't have that luxury. They had open shoes. Their feet were dirty. So usually a servant would wash their feet. It was their custom. But here's the principle. Whoever was washing their feet was humbling themselves and serving somebody else. And if the Lord Jesus Christ can do that, I promise you, each one of us should have a desire to do it. Because none of us are as mighty and as high and as holy as He is. And so He gave us a beautiful picture. A beautiful command. A beautiful principle. And so with that being said, we talked about, I think in context here, if the Lord Jesus is telling His disciples that He wants them to wash their feet, he wants them to serve the Lord. Well, first of all, I said to you this morning, then you got to be saved. You need to know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior because you're not going to understand this. He dealt with that right here in verse 11. He said, He that is washed needeth not save, wash his feet. In other words, you're clean. In other words, he was talking about their spiritual set. They were saved. But Judas was not clean. So I said this morning, you ought to know that you know that you're saved. It all starts there. You have to enter into a relationship with the Lord Jesus. You've got to know this man that washed their feet. 
And then I said to you that if we're going to serve the Lord in this day, we've got to be saved because we've got to be a Christian. We have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to do God's work. Let me just say this. I will say this. If you try to do God's work in your flesh very long, it won't work. You won't last. You won't. And by the way, what needs to be done cannot be done without spiritual enablement. Can I say to every mom and dad here, you'll never parent your children like you should do unless you're letting the godly aid help you because he asks us to do things that you don't want to do with your children. And I'm going to be honest with you, none of us want to forgive anything. So if someone's going to forgive something, that has to be spiritually aided God has to, the Holy Spirit of God has to help us to do the things in the work of God. We can't just do it because we love people because what happens when you get put out with somebody? You'll quit serving. When you do get tired and you're not letting the Holy Spirit have His way in your life, you'll get tired and what you'll do, you'll quit. And by the way, I want to just say this. We we need committed workers. Committed. Committed laborers. Committed. And I know we all get tired. There's no one that knows that better than me. There's no one that believes more than me that there's times you need breaks. We've always tried to accommodate that. I appreciate you accommodating me. So we're not taskmasters around here. And if that's the way we ran things around here, that wouldn't work long anyway. That's not what God's way. He's not telling them here He's going to make every one of them wash their feet. No, He led by example. And then He said to them, I'm leaving you this as an example that you should do as I have done to you. What a beautiful lesson. So I talked to you about how we ought to belong to a New Testament local church because we know that's God's institution in this world. And if we're really going to serve and labor and wash people's feet, it ought to be through the ministry of the local church. And so I just gave the plea out this morning. If you're not a member of a church, I would would suggest you get in a good one and get in there. And my last point was this, to get in it and get busy. And by the way, that's what we desire here. We like for people to be members of our church before they start to serve in certain capacities. That's safe for us. It's safe for you. There's accountability there. But I'm saying to you, uh, the key to this is we, we, wanna, we want to have opportunity in the church so we can be conformed in this particular principle that we have an opportunity to be serving the Lord through the local church. And I want you to have a dirty towel. And with that being said, we have all kinds of ministries here. We have the bus ministry. We have a Sunday school ministry. We have a nursing ministry, nursery ministry. We have a Wednesday night ministry. We have a Kids for Christ ministry. And then not even to speak about all of the things that needs to take that needs to happen on this ground, on these grounds. I mentioned this today, and I hope you understand. The reason that we need to make sure we take care of these buildings is not just to say, oh, you got a beautiful church building. No, I'm thinking of people. Now you tell me, when you go into some shoddy looking place, it looks rough and it's all beat up and stuff don't look nice and you go in there and you get a first impression, don't you? I don't know of any lady that knows that they've got company come and say, oh, well, I'm not going to tidy up. You just leave everything on the ground. Now, I know what you ladies do. 
y'all running around, y'all getting all that stuff. And then let me just say this. If y'all know y'all are inviting somebody to come and have supper with you or you're going to fix them supper, you don't just throw something in. You're really, oh, let me work on this. Oh, and you get your husband to taste it 30 times and you, oh, does it taste okay? And you got everything set just right on the table. Why? Because you want people to have the right impression. Well, if we understand that about our homes, we ought to absolutely understand that about the place where God meets us. It does have an impression on people. So with that being said, there's a lot of things here that needs to be done. Now, I want to say this. Praise God. Miss Janet. Whew. We got some takers this morning, didn't we? Man, we got four or five men now. They're on call. Anytime something happens with the bus, she's got your name. That means if there's a taillight that needs to be put on there or something... You're going to take care of it. If you can't take care of it, you're going to find one of those four other men. And Miss Janet, they all need to know their names. I think we got five, didn't we? Six more and more tonight. So now, since that went so well, let me give you some more things. (laughs) Talking about the bus ministry. This is something that we can always use help in. It's a strenuous ministry. It can be tough, it can be time consuming, but it's worth it. And so I would appreciate if all of you would pray and ask God to speak to your heart in that way. We are going into some places that obviously men need to be on the bus. Need to be on the bus. And we pick up some of our most precious children right there. And we're so glad we're able to go into there. I would be heartbroken if we can't go into there. And so I want to say it's a great, we have made, this church has made a great influence and impact on these children's life. Just as we watched the video this morning, many of those children were picking up on our vans and buses. It's a wonderful ministry. And if you've seen our Christmas program, I don't know how many was here, but I'd say we had 60 or 70 children. Their parents were here. This place was packed out. It's a great opportunity. So if you would like to be a part of that, get with Miss Janet. She'll help you get plugged in. And I want to just make this statement. We don't throw anybody to the wolves. What I mean by that is, let's say that you say, oh, Pastor, I'm willing to go work in a children's church, or I'm willing to go help in KFC on Wednesday night, or I'm willing to teach a Sunday school. We're not just going to dub you on the head and give you a book and say, okay, now have at it. We'll let you go with people that can train you. I want you to know, Brother Jim Beeler's sick tonight, but I'm going to tell you, I've been in the ministry over 25 years. We've got some wonderful church workers, uh, children workers here, but Brother Jim Beeler's been doing this all of his life. He'll train you. And you say, Pastor, how will he train you? Just watching. Going over there to the rally, I've also heard that Miss Market does a great job with that. She can train you. But we're not going to say, all right, now go over. And if you're not comfortable teaching, we're not just going to throw you over and give you a book and teach. We'll help you with all that. You can go over and you can observe and you can watch. You can get, you know, understand. You can just be a helper, get comfortable. But there's opportunity to serve. So the bus ministry is one. So if you have anybody, if anybody's interested in that, talk to Miss Janet. By the way, we're going to get rid of one of the buses possibly because we've only got one CDL driver. It would be really nice if we would get one other CDL driver. If we could get a CDL driver, that would help Miss Janet a little bit. And there's because we have two vehicles back here that's CDL only. Get with her; she can help you how what you need to do to take the test. 
this is simple stuff, just little volunteer stuff here, but uh, someone's done volunteered to take care of the kitchen over in the gym, but we have another kitchen downstairs. It's called the Blue Room Kitchen. It's not the Blue Room anymore. But it would be helpful if we had somebody, and I would love for somebody in Mr. Clay's class to do it because y'all are already down there. It could be done in just a few minutes. You could just double check on things, make sure stuff is where it needs to be. If there's anything in the fridge that needs to be thrown away, throw it away. If the cabinet, something's in the cabinets, you can get rid of the cabinet, or not get rid of the cabinets, but get what's rid of what's in the cabinets. And from time to time, I know probably shouldn't share things like this, but there are other creatures that want to come into this church to hear the singing and the preaching. And we had a snake try to get in last year. The old serpent, right? He's, he's trying to get in all the time. But we had a literal snake get in the blue room last year. And I have a feeling I know why he got in there because he was looking for the other little creatures that like to come in. And so let me help all the ones on Wednesday night and Sunday school teachers. It would be helpful if you put all of your snacks in Tupperware. Now, here's something. This is simple, but I would like for a few of you ladies to get a team together and come in here and do a real good, and there's a bunch of them, just do a real, and I know they say, Pastor, what has this got to do with washing people's feet? Well, the pastor likes to look out his window and see people coming through the parking lot, and so we need every one of these windows cleaned. And there's a bunch of them. And so if I could get some of you two or three ladies that y'all would just take that on, I know some of you could do it, say, hey, let's get together, let's go down here, let's take care of the windows. Would you do me a favor? See Brother Jimmy Horton. He'll hook you up like a tow truck. (laughs) We'll supply everything. I want to hit something else that's not really like serving, but I'm just going to share this with my heart. Ever since COVID, we have not recovered in our Sunday school. It's kind of got like, well, we'll come and go. And again, I know it's not in the Bible, church. I know that it doesn't say that you're supposed to be here for Sunday school every Sunday morning, Sunday, every Sunday morning, every week. But I'm going to tell you this, it ain't going to hurt you. It's certainly not going to hurt you. And you know, I'll be honest, I'd like to open up some more classes. I don't want to just have this one. And the one downstairs and Cindy's and the children's, I'd like to open up another adult class. But right now, to be honest, the auditorium class is about enough for the auditorium class. And so I'm just going to encourage you, do your very best. We have wonderful men that stand here every Sunday morning and teach the lesson uh, from God's Word. And these men are men, and you get a variety, but these men have been serving the Lord a lot longer than most of us. I was encouraged. There was 21 down in the Life Builders class this morning. That was a great crowd. So I don't want you to minimize Sunday school because I believe it's very important. Very important. And for some reason, I don't know why, but since COVID, Sunday school has just dropped tremendously. I talked to a pastor the other day and he was all discouraged. And he, I won't tell you who and I won't even give you the number. But he told me how many he had in Sunday school, and it, it floored me. I'm like, wow, that shocks me. But then I asked Jimmy the other day how many we had on a Sunday, and that number shocked me. So I want to encourage you. It ain't going to hurt you, I promise. 
And then I want to just spend a few minutes here on this. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but, you know, we have VBS. And by the way, our church always comes out for VBS. I mean, our, our church, we have so many workers, it's a blessing. So we've given you the dates on that this year. Um, it's, the third, it's always the third week in June. This year, it's going to be a dinosaur theme. Last year was an Australian theme. This year is going to be a dinosaur theme. I'm going to like that theme better. Don't y'all like that theme better? Can imagine what we can do with dinosaurs. A little bit more than with a kookaburra bird. And whoever's in that outfit, I'd rather see this person in a dinosaur outfit than a sissy kookaburra bird. But anyway, we're going to have fun with it. But we always have a great group of people that come out. But to be honest, we have that in the fall festival throughout the year. And, you know, we've kind of taken an interest in Sand Mountain. The Edgies are living up there. They're trying to get some facilities up. That is a great facility up there. They have, they have a great facility. It's close. Uh, we were talking earlier today. I mean, that's a place we could have a men's retreat. We could have, ladies could have a retreat up there. We could use it. And I want to use it this year. And the edgies are going to be very kind to work the camp. They're already up there. And I think this is going to be a great week. It's going to be July the 17th through the 21st. But we have to have people that would be willing to roll up their sleeves and get with them and say, hey, I'll be willing to come up and work. And really what we need for that is a sign-up sheet. And so we're going to provide a sign-up sheet. And if that's something that you'd be willing to help with, that would be so very helpful. We're going to need folks in the kitchen. They'll need people. Uh, I think he's going to bring a group of Crown students in, which I think is great. They're going to be able to help through the night, that type of thing. But if we could have our workers to come up, they could help when they can. Some of you are retired. You could help during the day. Some of you could get off, help in the evening, work with the children. There's things to do there. It would be serving the Lord. It would be washing children's feet. We're trying to have it as a mixed camp, junior age, 10, 10 years old, yes, up through teenage. We try to split them up. But I think with it being our first time doing it, if we could really promote that on Wednesday night, and I know Brother Jim's um, sick tonight, he's home, but I know he'll start promoting that over there on Wednesday night. You start promoting it. Get your children involved and, and you know, get the kids right here on the bus. And by the way, if we have to help them, we can help them. It will be a great week for them. And so I want to encourage you. We need volunteers for this. I know many of you raised your hand. But look, this is something that we really need to just put some skin on this and really get some folks locked in and help us. How many do you think? Minimum 15 people. That's minimum. I'm around 30. So we need 30. Oh, workers. Oh, I know the children. Minimum of workers, though, 15. So if we could get some folks who volunteer to do that, that would be a great blessing. Now, let me just make this statement. And I told you all this was going to be different. Um, Brother Jim Beeler, Brother Tony, and Miss Vicki. Brother Tony took a job out of state, and so he's going to be gone for some time. And with that being said, the Wednesday night is open, and so Brother Jim Beeler has been filling in. I've just asked Brother Jim to take over that ministry on Wednesday night. I've also asked him to get involved with the breakfast ministry as well. He's going to be having a meeting with all the workers. We'll be having a meeting with all of the workers. We would like your input on some things, but we have some thoughts. We have some ideas. And so I just want everyone to know that Brother Jim's going to be taking care of that. And like I said, he's been doing it for a long, long time. We've talked about some things. 
And we are excited about all of that. So those are just a few things. Then I want to just say this. Um, I've probably missed something, but I want to just say this. Would you make yourself available? Make yourself available to serve. There's always something coming up. Always something coming up. Now, let me just mention this as I'm thinking about it. Um, We have this pond over here, and we had to put that in because of the runoff. But this pond needs to stay trimmed. They get after us if it doesn't stay trimmed. So I'm going to ask. This is young men's work because it's tough. Uh, If a couple of you guys would get together, maybe if we could get four to six young men that would take turns, it would be two, two of you, two, if there were six, there would be three groups of two. You could take turns doing that, and you might only have to do it twice during the summer, maybe once. But if some of you young men, Brother Reiner helped us with that, and it was just brutally hot last year, and it's just too much for one person. And so, and, and I'm going to be honest, I really think that's young men's work. And so I'm going to ask if some of you young men would really help us with that. That would be a great help. Get with Brother Jimmy on that. He'll help you with that. And he can get you lined up. He's, he did it a lot during the summer. Brother Reiner took care of it a lot. And we appreciate that. But this is young man's work. And we've got enough young men here that could take care of that. And if a couple of you would just pair up, you could knock it out very quick. Very, very quick. How many of you teenagers know how to run a, a weed eater? Lincoln, I'm going to sign you up. <laughs> so some, some adult needs to get with Lincoln and go pick him up, and y'all take care of this one week out of the summer, or maybe it'll be one month. You might just, what will you think, Brother Ryan or Brother Jimmy, once a month? Once a month. So we could have three groups of two young men do one, once a month, we're done through the summer. Lincoln's already signed up. He's done volunteering. He raised his hand. <laughs> Is that all right? All right. Good to go. He shook his head yes. So which, which adult, which man would come and pick him up and you'll do it one month with him? Is there anybody that would volunteer? Mr. Clay. All right. So we got Clay and Mr. Lincoln. Y'all are signed up for the month of June. Now we just need July and August. All right. So get with Brother Jimmy on that. But just make yourself available. Things will come. Things will come up. But look, I really want you to pray about the bus ministry. Pray about, look, we're always in need of people that are willing to teach Sunday school. And here's what I'm thinking about. I don't want to just call the same people all the time. I want people being trained. And we can go down into the Sunday school classes and you can sit with someone that's taught a class. If that's something you have a desire to do, we will not throw you to the woods. We promise you. We will put you with people that can help you. You can get comfortable with it. And just let the Lord use your life. Amen? And so very practical, very simple tonight. And I say all of that because, look, I believe in a church, it's not the mark of spirituality. Loving the Lord, living the Christian life is in love with Him. But I want you to know something. If we're going to follow this principle, the one one way that we can do it is we can get busy, roll up our sleeves, and get our towels dirty. And there's enough work here for everybody to do. And look, if there's something that you have a burden about, come and talk to us about it. We'd love to, like I said, we will accommodate. I think it is good for people to have some type of responsibility. I want you all to pray about this. Brother Palmer, we need to get into another nursing home. We need to get in another nursing home. We lost the Alexian Grove. We need to get in another nursing home.
So I want you all to pray about that. And maybe, I know Mr. Palmer, Ms. Palmer, they're busy. They've got a lot of things going on. Maybe that's something we can get in somewhere and call some places and get in. We had some people serving in that ministry, and that was a great, that was a great help. Lexi and Grove closed. But there's, there's these opportunities out there. And so I want you to be praying about it. And let me just say this. Y'all know that Christmas time is a very, very busy time. It's a very busy time. And, you know, we set that time aside, um, you know, to try to minister to our folks. And I know when we go Christmas caroling, we, that is designed to try to be a blessing to our widows and our widowers. That's what it's designed to do. And that's why we do that. I am for going out in our bus ministry, but not everybody here is going to feel comfortable going down to some of the places. But I will tell you what, we're going into those places. But I want you to know, when that, that thing there that night when we go out Christmas caroling, if you want to be a blessing, if you want to be an encouragement, I'm telling you, I don't think I have ever went to one of those times that we went to a group of widows that they, that they have been so very... Can I ask the widows here just a second? All of you that are widows and that the church comes out to, to try to do that for y'all, can I just ask y'all a question? Is that, is, should we put the effort in doing that? Is that a great encouragement and a blessing to you? If it is, would you raise your hand? That's a blessing. That's a blessing. And I'm going to say this. I don't think we've ever done that in any year that I have not seen tears flowing. Joyful, encouraging tears from our dear widows and widowers. And so I just want to give you some opportunity. If you will check out our calendar, I promise you. Men, we have prayer breakfast. We have a great time. We have a great meeting. We have great food, but we have great prayer. I want to encourage you. They're all marked on here. We have opportunities. Ladies Fellowship. Y'all drop that down to what? Six months out of the year? Seven out of the year. So ladies, be a part of that. All of this is in your calendar. Uh, the marriage retreat's coming up, the March the 2nd through the 4th. Um, you got a brunch coming up that month in March. So just a lot going on. They're all there. Remember Easter, we'll have the Easter egg hunt like we always do. But everything's marked in your calendar. And uh, do your very, very best. Get plugged in, do what you can. Amen. How many of you are glad somebody got their towel dirty on you? How many of you ever felt like somebody got their dirty, they got their towel dirty on you? They washed your feet, spiritually speaking. You feel like that someone's done that? How do you feel like your church has done that for you? Well, we make up the church. Let's do our very best. Let's get these towels dirty. This one just hangs real pretty up on my, where all of my diploma and all that stuff is. But let's just honestly, let's get some towels and let's get them dirty. Amen? Those buses will get them dirty. Children's church will get them dirty. Wednesday night, get them dirty. Sunday school class, get them dirty. Hey, going out here and weed eating the pond, get them dirty. Hey, cleaning up the kitchen, get them dirty. These windows need clean, get them dirty. And then throughout the year, something will come up. Like get, get with Brother Jimmy. He's kind of like our coordinator around here. He's, he, he sees things and got things going on. And so I know he can get you plugged up. Maybe we can get a list of people. Just go to him say, hey, I'll be available. And there might be something that will fit you to a T. And so let's just do our very best to keep our...